Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glad to be in the house of the Lord. Romans chapter 1, verse 14. Romans chapter 1, verse 14. I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready. Somebody say, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you and that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven unto, against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifested them, for God has showed it unto them. I want to talk to you today about simply ready to reach. Ready to reach. Somebody say, I'm ready to reach. I'm ready to reach. Heavenly Father, we come before you today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the chance together. God, your word teaches us that not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, Lord, and even so much the more as we see the day approaching, Lord, we need more connectivity now. We need, Lord Jesus, more interaction now. Lord, now will you bless, dear God, our church, Lord Jesus, in, in our endeavors to move forward, to grow, to disciple, to bring hope, Lord, to, to build people's lives. We give you the praise for it all in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. Praise God. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. One of the greatest awakenings that you can ever have is the day you understand why you're on earth. The day you understand why you're here. The discovery of purpose is an unparalleled revelation. Everywhere people look today, they're wanting to know why is there a purpose for me here on this earth? Relationships that you have in this world with your family, with your friends, with your co-workers are built on purpose. The relationships you have, you have a purpose in that relationship. I, I, I like what Sister Gill was announcing about the life groups. And the Bible speaks about the body as being connected together. They're joints that supply. Paul called us joints that supply. And so when you come together even today, you're coming together. From the moment you walk in the door and you begin to fellowship one with another, you're being connected as a joint that supplies. God didn't say we're to be leeches, bloodsuckers, drainers. He said we're supposed to be joints that supply. 
each other. It flows freely. As one gives you encouragement, so you give encouragement. As one ministers to you, you minister back. Amen. That's the glory of purpose. That's the glory of relationship. Our daily task, what you do every day, has about your purpose. Amen. If you're working on something physical, if you're building something, then let that be your purpose, your worship to God. If you're a truck driver, worship the Lord in that truck driving. Amen. If you work on an assembly line, then worship the Lord in that assembly line. If you sit in front of a computer all day doing all kinds of unique things, then let that be a worship. Let your worship be a part of your purpose. I'm going to tell you, if you look at your work as worship, your day will go better. You'll find a lot more reasons to smile. Amen. If you'll find that your daily task is your worship. Praise God. I'm washing these dishes. Lord, here's my worship. Oh, man, I, I, I believe we have, have to tell everybody to sit down and shut up on that one. Relationships are about purpose. Tasks are about purpose. Many people today see that they have potential. They see and feel like I matter. I'm, I'm supposed to do something, but I don't know what my purpose is. Rick Warren wrote the highly acclaimed book, The Purpose Driven Life. And in this, he states, purpose is not about you. Purpose is not about you. He says the purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It is far greater th than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you were placed on this earth or this planet, he says, you must begin with God. You were born by his purpose and for his purpose. Let me tell you, God had a destiny for you when you were still in your mother's womb. That's why babies matter. Amen. That's why life matters. I wonder if COVID would have never happened if they hadn't aborted the doctor that would have figured out before he was before COVID ever happened. The Bible says in Jeremiah, the Lord said this to Jeremiah. He says, the word of the Lord came to him in verse 4 of Jeremiah 1, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I set you apart. I ordained thee a prophet of the nations. Amen. God has a plan for you while you still was in your mother's womb. God has ordained you. It's not just about certain select people like Jeremiah, but God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans that will cause you to prosper. Amen. God has a plan for you, a purpose for you. Paul wrote to the New Testament church in Corinth, or Colossians, rather, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16. For by him were all things created. Somebody say that includes me. Things that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. 
You were created by him. That's great to know. He's my creator. I know where my source is. I know where I come from. But he didn't create me to just simply uh, sit idly by, but I rather have a purpose. Every person, no matter what their, their talent is, no matter what their ability is, no matter where they are, God has got a purpose for you. David Wilkerson said it like this. God uses people. God uses people to perform his work. He does not send angels. Angels weep over it, but God does not use angels to accomplish his purpose. He uses burdened, broken-hearted, weeping men and women to use for his purpose. Amen. Your existence, as T.F. Tenney said, your existence is evident that God thinks this generation needs something that your life contains. Your life contains something that is essential for where you live. I want to talk to you today not to be complaining about where you live. God put you there. He's put you there for a purpose. Don't complain about where you work. God put you there for a purpose. Amen. Until he's done with you there. Amen. Keep your eye on what that purpose may be. Purpose is powerful. The question we should ask ourselves is, why am I here? It's a question that plagues our present world. Especially when God is taken out of the equation, when there is no purpose, the atheist has no answer to the question of purpose. Amen. If we understand the why, then we can understand the what. If we understand the who, we understand the why. The reason Satan wants to confuse identity and gender today is to confuse people from their own divine purpose and calling. If I don't know who I am in God, then I don't know my purpose in God but we were created in the image of God amen not on the image of a God that we created but rather on a God that created us Amen. No wonder society is so dysfunctional. No wonder that families are fragmented. No wonder that lines of gender are blurred. Amen. It's because we have created a God that we want to please us. And purpose is lost. Paul wrote later on in this very chapter, Romans 1, he said, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Come on, Mr. Potato Head, really? I heard Dove is now taking normal off the name of their soap. Really? <laughs> Professing themselves to be wise. Paul said it. So please tweet back to him, <laughs> not to this preacher. But they professed themselves to be wise. They became fools. And let's look at verse 23. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image like to corruptible man and to birds and a four-footed beast and creeping things. It begins to worship the natural. It begins to worship things that are in the physical. The image of God is blurred when the purpose of man becomes distorted. Amen. I believe we need to discover again this morning what our purpose. Why are we really? 
here? What is the child of God really here for? Now, every person has a purpose, but you really don't know your purpose until you're born again of water and of spirit, and you understand, I belong to the king. I belong to him. I have an identity in him. Discovering purpose. Discovering purpose also reveals the reality of responsibility. Of responsibility is a word that is not mentioned much in our society. Everybody say responsibility. Potential doesn't mean anything without responsibility. I can be laden with potential, but if I'm not responsible in my potential, I become like the servant that buried my talent in the sand and did not re reproduce. Responsibility is the ability to respond to your purpose. When I think about what God called me for, when I know my purpose, my, I become responsible that I might can respond to that. Why am I here? Paul said it like this. I'm a debtor. I'm responsible. I am a debtor. I am responsible both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. I am responsible. I'm a debtor. I'm obligated to the lost. I'm obligated to those that don't know Jesus Christ. I've got to reach the Greeks, the sophisticated, the educated, the wealthy. I've got to reach for the doctors and the lawyers, the upper class. I've got to reach for those that are the, the elite and the hoity-toities of our society. I got to reach for them. That's what Paul is saying when he says the Greeks. But he doesn't stop there. He said, I'm reaching for the barbarians. Amen. To the Greeks, everyone else was barbarians. Everybody else was unsophisticated, unlearned, the simple, the poor, the undesirables, if you please, the unwanted, the unloved. And Paul is saying, I'm a debtor. I'm a debtor to reach. I'm a debtor to reach the wealthy, the wise. I'm a debtor to reach people on this side of the track and on that side of the track. I'm a debtor to reach people that I come in contact with every day, regardless of the their status, regardless of their wealth and their want. I'm a debtor. Somebody say, I'm a debtor. That is a personal present tense position, a personal present tense. I'm obligated today and tomorrow and next week. I'm continue. My heart must beat with the same passion. I'm a debtor. I'm responsible. Somebody say, I'm a responsible. I'm responsible where God placed me. I'm responsible as a pastor of MPC. I'm responsible as a, as a husband and a father and a grandfather. I am responsible to love my neighbor. I am responsible to be kind and considerate at the post office and at the barber shop. Amen. I am responsible at the restaurant not to be a jerk. I am responsible, amen, at Walmart not to throw a, a fit. I am responsible that I carry out the purpose of God every place that I go. Oh, you're being fake. No, I'm responsible. I'm obligated. I'm obligated to reach the world. I owe them to be on fire for God. I said, I owe them to be on fire for God. I owe them to have a prayer life. I owe them to have a prayer life and not a pity party. I owe them to love the world. Amen. I am responsible. If I'm going to be ready to reach, I've got to first be responsible about my position. I'm obligated. Amen. The world 
needs a church that has a responsibility. Amen. A church that is passionate about winning souls and reaching the lost. Hallelujah. I am praying and I know it's been inconvenient with COVID and I know we have reached a lot of people online, but I'm praying for those that are watching faithfully that are backsliders that I want you to know God's getting a hold of you and God wants you to know that we love you and we care for you. Amen. And I say to you, come to the Lord. Come to the Lord. Right where you are. We must be passionate about souls. We must be passionate. Not. Well just look at them. Will you see. Look how bad they are. Man they, they just need the Lord. Don't they. Bless their hearts. No what they need is a church that preaches the word. What they need, the church, is has good worship. Amen. What they need, a church that says, I refuse to be average, normal, usual, mediocre. What they need is a church that walks in authority that says, I can pray in Jesus' name and devils tremble. Amen. What they need is a church that says, I'll demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit and operate in the gifts of the Spirit. What they need is a church that's not fake and hypocritical, but rather what they need is a, a people that says, I'm real about Jesus. I'm real about him. This isn't just an excuse to go somewhere. I don't just attend church. I am part of the church. I'm responsible to give a lost world my best. I'm responsible to give them my best. I'm responsible to shed some tears. I'm responsible to intercede. I'm responsible to preach the truth in love. I am obligated to be a difference maker in my community. I'm obligated to pray like never before. Amen. One of the best texts I got this week was from our, our brother Pork. As he said, I had an opportunity during my, my treatments today to talk to somebody about church, to talk to somebody about Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, that excites me. That excites me that in the middle of your own pain, you can say, I'll find purpose. I'll reach somebody. I refuse to just go down complaining, complaining, and complaining. But rather, I'm going to go forward rejoicing with responsibility. I'm responsible to care for people. I'm responsible. When we started out on our sanctuary, I don't know if you'll remember, it's been a good while back, but I preached a message on the Nehemiah Project and what it meant to us. And God wants us to present a, 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 an appearance that no matter who you are, whether you're a Greek or barbarian, you walk through the doors of MPC, you're met with a smiling face, you're met with a caring heart, and with a building that says we care. Hallelujah. Because they tell us the first five minutes that a person walks onto a property, not when they walk into service, the first five minutes they walk into a property and they walk into a building, they're already deciding whether they're coming back again. Amen. And I know it's not about just getting people to church, but if we can get them here, then let's let the Holy Ghost get a hold of their heart and see God change them. I'm responsible to have a move of God because somebody needs it. Besides just me. I'm responsible to love souls and not be driven by my own petty offenses. 
and wounds and hurts. Hallelujah. I'm working on a message for Easter Sunday that simply says, I am not a survivor. I'm not a survivor. Jesus wasn't. I'm not. I can't preach that right now. I better hold on. Pull the reins back, Gil. I'm responsible to the lost to live holy and righteous. I'm responsible to guard my tongue. What jokes I tell. What words I say. Amen. What I, what I conduct, how I conduct myself. I'm a debtor, Paul said, both to the Greeks and to the barbarians. Amen. But if you'll notice, there are three I am statements he makes here. First of all, he said, I'm a debtor. I am responsible. Secondly, he said, I am ready. I'm responsible. I am ready to preach. I am ready. The word ready here means eager, passionate, committed. Hallelujah. I'm not just responsible. I've got to be ready. I've got to be ready. I've got to have my heart and my passion right that I don't have my head so far up in the clouds that I'm better than anybody else but God give me another moment give me another moment with the man on the street give me another moment Lord and I'll take I'm ready I'm ready not to cram it down their throat but I'm ready to show the love of Jesus mark mark this today mark what I'm saying the more crazy and confused this world comes the more hungry people will be for truth the more crazy and confused this world becomes, the more they will be hungry for reality and truth. Amen. Because there's surely somebody scratching their head today and saying the same thing. Mr. Potato Head? It's a potato. If the church gets the same offense... What good are we? There's some folks today, that's all they're looking for. If you've got to watch a full movie and take out one clip because you think it needs to be canceled, you're messed up. If you've got to read one book, poor old Mr. Seuss. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I am ready. I am responsible and I am ready. I am ready to not just preach my idea, but preach the gospel. I am ready not to just fight against culture, but preach the gospel. Paul said to Timothy, preach the word. That's what this world needs. I'm ready. I'm eager. I'm willing. I am predisposed. I am inclined to preach the word. Amen. The word here in the Greek is a strong word. It means something like ready, willing, and able. I am ready, willing, and able. Well, when we get this, we'll do that. I believe the Lord needs to prick our heart today and say, you've got what you need. If all you have is this, you've got what you need. Hallelujah. You may not even know what an iPad is, but you've got what you need. You may not have a Bible study prepared, but if you got this, you've got what you need. Hallelujah. I'm ready. I'm ready to reach the lost. I'm ready to fill a need. I'm ready. You say, I don't know what my purpose is. Why don't you just open up your eyes? There's a bunch of stuff going on, even in our town, that somebody needs help. Go fill it. Go find somebody. Help somebody. Amen. Whatever it needs. There's purposes, enough purpose in Medora. 
besides Brownstown, Seymour, Bedford, where you may live in the Tri-County area. I read years ago, D.L. Moody, who said to a man on one occasion, why don't you try doing so-and-so? The man replied, I've been aiming to do that for, time, for a long time. Mr. Moody, in his blunt response, said, well, brother, it's about time you quit aiming and start firing. Somebody says, time to quit aiming and start firing. I'm aiming to do it. I'm aiming. I'm aiming to invite my neighbor. I'm aiming to, to, to reach over. and I'm aiming. Oh, no, no, I'm firing. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm not intimidated by what the world. I have the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, I am a debtor. Then he said, I am ready. And the third thing he said is that I am not ashamed. I'm ready. I'm ready. If you want a, an excuse to invite your neighbor, tell them, hey, when we get back in the sanctuary, tell them, why don't you come see our new church? They've been nosy enough to come anyway. Bring them on. Say, if you want to walk in the building and see what it is, come on. Hallelujah. They've been watching. Don't you know Medora's just talking about us? I love it. Invite them to life group. Invite them to your house. Invite them. Jesus did more one-on-one -on -one winning of people than he did preaching to the masses. Matter of fact, he didn't trust masses. It was Jesus that said to his disciples, Are you going to leave me too? Went dwindling down. He went from hundreds, thousands even, down to 70, down to 12. Mm. But he was about reaching, feeding, helping. That's what we, what we must be about. Somebody say amen. 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 When the word of God comes to us, it comes to heal. It comes to reconcile. We need to share that reconciliation with others. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. You've heard this before, but listen again. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Woo, I can shout on that. I can shout under that. All things are of God who hath reconciled us by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. The minute you have the ministry of reach inside of you. It may be different. It may look different than, than others' personality, but you have the ministry of reconciliation inside of you. Why? You're a new creature in Christ, and you are empowered by him. Verse 19, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation the word of reconciliation oh God put that in our heart that we may, we may speak it out now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us we pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God hallelujah we are ambassadors to Christ we've been given the ministry of setting things in the order of for reconciliation. Why? We have authority as ambassadors. 
We are ambassadors. Well, when Pastor Gill starts this program, I think I could do something. You're already an ambassador. We don't have to have a program in place. We've been in church for a while. You have enough inside of you to just talk to somebody about the Lord. If you don't know the doctrine, amen, go to Amazon and download some of Bishop's book and study it for yourself, amen. But what we do is we feel intimidated. I'm telling you, intimidation wants to keep you from being ready. But how do you get ready? You recognize I'm responsible, I am a debtor, I have a responsibility at my home, on my job, wherever I go, I am responsible to be an ambassador. I serve to the to the need of my king i represent a different nation i represent a di- that's why i can't talk like i want to talk sometimes well if you had been in the house in the sanctuary on thursday you would have seen your pastor in need of repentance i was putting that plastic out on the floor and i really worked hard on the scripture that says, be angry and sin not. I did. That thing brought me to my knees, both literally and spiritually, but I got it down. Hallelujah. I'm responsible. Hallelujah. Even when I'm having a hard day that I represent Jesus. I can't just fly off the handle. I can't just be an ogre or meanie. I've got to be responsible. If I'm going to be ready to reach the lost, I've got to take that responsibility. I'm ambassador for Christ. Luke 10 and 2. Jesus said it like this. The harvest is truly great, but the labors are few. The harvest is great at MPC. The harvest is great where God put us. The harvest is great online. We're going to get even better. The harvest is great in Medora, in the tri-county area of Jackson, amen, and of Lawrence and Washington counties. We sit within just a 30-minute drive where we can reach to those not above somebody else's church. That's not about it. It's about reaching who God puts in our path. All right, I want to help you in this scripture. I think help me understand how to move from potential to purpose. How to move from potential to purpose. Matthew 20 and verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man that is a householder which went out early in the morning to hire labors. We understand labors are needed in the kingdom. All right, hire labors into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the labors for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard and went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is, is right I will give you. They went their way, and again he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle. And saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? They said unto him, Because no man hath hired us. 
No man hath hired us. He said to them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall you receive. So when, was, when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his servants, Call the laborers, and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. What is he saying? He's asking the question today, Why stand ye here idle? The word idle in the Greek is an interesting word. It means to be free from labor, to be lazy. Refusing to work as a lifestyle. It means to be careless. Jesus said that every idle word we would give an account of. Carelessness. It also means ineffective or useless. Why do you stand here useless and ineffective? Why do you stand here? Another meaning for the word is indifferent. What is Jesus saying? I don't have time to stand, amen, and be lazy. I don't have time to stand and be careless or useless or indifferent. I've got to be ready. How do I become ready? Simply become responsible. That's all it takes. I'm responsible. He said, go work. Let's go work. Amen. Paul said the third I am statement. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation unto everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. My dad used to say, neither do I want to be ashamed to the gospel. I'm proud to proclaim the life-changing message of Jesus' name. I am proud to proclaim this is what the Word teaches. Amen. Not what a denomination teaches. Not what my, my ministry fellowship teaches. But what does the book say? I want to preach the gospel. We've got to be a gospel-preaching church and not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to go to in his name I'm not ashamed to pray in his name I'm not ashamed to call on the name of Jesus I'm not ashamed of talking in tongues y'all part of those old crazy folks yeah yeah my brains were flat needing to be brainwashed and he did it by his spirit somebody say amen Jesus said all power and is given to me in heaven and earth go ye therefore all power I mentioned this just the other night I owe it to my heavenly father to be ready amen to be responsible and to be uh, uh, confident of what I say I've got to be ready I've got to be responsible and I also have to be resilient I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I owe the Lord everything. I can't just sit under the water of blessing spout and say, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. But I must understand that he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, it can't flow out Unless it flows in. So if it flows in, that means I get blessed by it. If it flows in, I want to let it flow out. Stand with me, please. Let me read my text one more time to you from the book of Romans, chapter 1. I am, somebody say, I am. Tim Gill, I am. Call your name. I am. Come on, call your name. I am a debtor. I am responsible 
When I stand before the Lord, he's going to say, what did you do where you are with the potential I gave you to find the purpose? Amen. I am responsible both to the sophisticated and the unsophisticated, to the wise and the unwise, both to the educated and the uneducated. So as much as in me is, I'm ready. I'm ready to reach. I'm ready to preach. I'm ready to teach. This statement is not just for the pastors and the fivefold ministry. It's just not for the super uh, spiritual in a church. It's for those that have been redeemed. I am ready to preach the gospel to you. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first he came, and also then to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. The righteousness of God, the right standing with God, the right acceptance with God is found in the gospel. In verse 18, now he said the righteousness of God is revealed, but then he said the wrath of God is revealed. People are either in the righteousness of God or in the wrath of God. We say that very clearly. People are either in the righteousness of God or under the wrath. What do you mean by the wrath of God? The wrath of God is, is that his righteousness and sin cannot coexist. He has such disdain for sin that he pours out his wrath on sin. But where did he do that? Essentially, he was on the cross when he poured out his wrath on Jesus Christ. So if I'm in under Jesus Christ, I'm not under the wrath of God. I'm under the righteousness of God. But someone that is not under the righteousness of God is under the wrath of God. It's re revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, that God showed it unto them. What a shame to know the gospel and not be ready. What a shame to know the gospel and not be righteous. What a shame to know the gospel and not want to share it with my brother or my sister some way. Amen. So today, God, make me ready. I want to be ready. Ready to reach. Ready to love ready to carry out my responsibility hallelujah here's what i'm challenging you amen to do today i'm going to challenge you to pray i'm going to challenge you let's turn this room into a prayer room for the next few minutes i want you to pray oh god i want to be ready i want to be ready I have the ability. Some of you got ability to do certain things and others have the ability to do others. Some of you don't even meet a stranger. You can talk to anybody. Amen. You've got to be ready. Some of you are very hospitable and some of you are very kind. Think out of the box. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at 
MedoraChurch.com to learn more about our ministry. <laughs>